Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first time home buyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Real View podcast. Today is the last episode of the year of 2021. It's been a crazy year, so we're going to spend some time today reflecting, looking back on everything that we accomplished this year, and looking into what's ahead for 2022. We don't know everything, but there are some things that we're excited about in the next year that we're going to talk about today. So welcome to the show today, and welcome to our special guest, Scott Williams, the CEO of Ohio Realtors. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me today. I have to ask our signature question that we ask all of the guests who join us on the podcast, which is, podcast is called The Real View. So what is the best view that you've ever seen? I ask Allison not to ask me this because I've answered it once before, but then I changed my mind and said, you know, this is not my favorite view, but it was a pretty cool view. So last week was the My Realtor Party training in Nashville. And on the first night there, the reception was at the Grand Old Opry. Certainly anyone can go in and take a tour and walk around the Grand Old Opry. But because it was a reception, you also got to go up on stage and spend some time there. It's pretty cool to stand in the circle on the Grand Old Opry and sip a beer. There's only a handful of people have ever stood on the circle anyhow, but to be able to stand there, now granted there wasn't a crowd and I wasn't playing a, an instrument, but you know there were a number of people in the audience, but to be able to stand on the stage of the Grand Old Opry and look out at the exact same places that Alan Jackson, Dolly Parton, Porter Wagner, all those people have stood and looked, was a, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a pretty big music venue. And like you said, you know, not everyone gets up on that stage. So pretty cool. And that you're looking out on on uh, realtors who are going to make a big impact uh, in the next year to move our policies and, and everything that we do for private property rights forward. So very cool. That was a great answer. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for amusing me, even though you've answered it before. <laughs> Let's get into the show. So uh, we, ha- we got a lot to talk about. This is a crazy year for real estate, for our members and uh, for our association as a whole. How was 2021 just generally? speaking before we get into some of the details of it. Well, you know, it was a continuation of 2019 or 2020. I don't even know what year it is, (laughs) which I don't think any of us expected. You know, we kind of wound down the year thinking we were going to get a fresh start, thinking we had everything behind us and that we would get back to some sense of normalcy. Certainly that did not happen. We rolled right into a virtual winter conference something that we did not anticipate coming off of a hybrid convention. It was tough. And then it just kind of continued, right? Every time we got to a point where we thought, well, this is it. We're going to get to go back to normal. We're going to get to re-engage with members on a personal level, one-on-one, and not sit behind cameras and do the Zooms and everything. It just never came to fruition. I know at some point you're going to ask me about 2022, and that's just going to say, I pray that we all get together at some point again, and it is you know, we used to say get back to normal. I think we've passed that. I think what we are in now is some level of normal that we'll never see what it was like in 2016, 2018 again. And, you know, there's some good in that. There's obviously some bad in that, but we'll see. Yeah, no, I agree with you too. I think that this is now our normal. You know, some things may stay the same, but I don't think some things are ever coming back. You know, you look at like remote work. I know, you know, that's something that we've experienced here at Ohio Realtors. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see what it's going to hold for us. But you almost learn to expect that you don't really know (laughs) what's what's coming next. You know, who would have thought you bring up remote work before I came down here? We're obviously hiring a couple of positions here at the association. And I was on a, a job search website and one of the top searches right now is remote work. That who would have thought five years ago that 
people's willingness to take a job or look at a job depended on whether or not they could work at home in their pajamas. It's so crazy. I, I just saw something today that said that the U.S. has employees in the office only four days a month in average. I'm like, that that is so crazy. But, you know, that's one of the things that we talk about, you know, that might be sticking around. And I know part of Ohio Realtors staff being remote a little bit was the building renovation that we were able to get underway this year. Tell us about the building renovation and what's gone into that. Well, I think as realtors, you've all had clients or maybe even yourself live through living in a renovation. So you can guess the level of joy that we experienced here as staff. You know, you never knew when the power was going to flicker or when you were going to go get a cup of coffee and the water was off. You know, we got through it. And for the most part, phase one, as we'll call it, is done. If you remember, there was a significant renovation that was planned to the first floor that would have allowed for much more open space, a meeting space for folks who are here for whether it be a class or an in-person meeting to gather and have a bit more time, place to socialize. Well, with COVID, we set that aside because we just didn't know. So instead of doing all that renovation, we scaled it back. But now what we will do in the next step is do interior offices because we did not do interior offices in phase one. It was only the common areas and then all the energy improvements. You know, the windows, you know, we're sitting here in an office where we went from having half inch single pane casement windows to they're now six inch thermo double paned, hoping that this really helps with utility costs. We also had to replace an HVAC system that we did not think we had to replace. Uh, It wasn't that old. There were, had been some maintenance issues, and in the end, it was just cheaper and more efficient to replace it. But here we are, and you said, you know, we worked out of the building for most of that spring. City of Columbus has some pretty difficult regulations in place anyhow, so it all worked for the better. I think we learned a lot. I think we can learn. We can deliver a high level of service no matter where we are, um, and that was part of allowing some remote when we came back that, you know, I think we were pretty I was pretty frank, like, listen, if the service slacks, uh, we're not going to be able to do remote. And I think myself, the leadership team, all recognize that you guys came together. You did the work. Nothing missed a beat. And so we do a little bit of remote now. But there'll probably be a little bit of remote in your future house. And as you know, the second floor was be where we will start and work our way up. So some of these offices down here, the lighting will be changed. The ceilings will be changed. And just a general refresh, as, as John Royer, who chair of the committee always would say, you know, just paint it, Scott. It'll look so much better if you just paint it. So there's a lot of paint in this building. And, you know, John's leadership was great. You know, he does this. He knows how to do it. Uh, without him, it would have been a much more tedious process. But, yeah, there's a lot of paint in this building now. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks great. I mean, if you guys haven't gotten a chance to come see us on uh, 200 East Town Street, it's it looks great from the out and inside. Um, we've done a total refresh on the front of the building, a new signage. We've done some landscaping, cleared out some trees. So it's really a great presence down here. You know, the landscaping, you don't think much about it. But if you were here, we had two hideously overgrown trees in front of the building. And we were able to cut those back and put a sign on the front of the building that is visible. I don't know how many of my peers and just random people on the street who walk you know, every day to the hospital or whatever have said, wow, this looks so different. Yeah. You know, when you leave the state house, you can see the back parking lot and we put a raised sign on the back and you can see it. A million people have gone by this building over the years and had no idea what this big brown building was at the corner of Town Street. Now you actually know 
what it is, who we are. So it's kind of neat just to have random people say, oh my God, the building looks so good. It is. It looks really great. And even if you guys are driving down 4th Street right here, you'll see us uh, driving down the road. It really looks great from all views. So great job on the building. It's really exciting and um, going to be a great place for us to, to call home for many more years. I want to talk about a big change that we went through this year with the RPAC giving. And this was something that we looked into and, and wanted to think about. And tell us a little bit about that process and how that's changed. This country went through a difficult time at the first of the year, and it gave everyone a chance to take a pause. You know, the National Association of Realtors stopped some of their investing at that time. For us, it was kind of an off-cycle time, so it was a pretty easy time to take a pause. A lot of challenges with COVID, right? But COVID also gave us some great opportunities. And we had already undergone a study on how people invest in RPAC why people invest in RPAC, why people don't invest in RPAC, to kind of help clarify our message, make sure we were saying the right things, and make sure we were adequately explaining the program. One of the reasons why people don't invest is they're not clear on how we then disperse the money. So the trustees took COVID on, worked with the consultant, and said, you know what, we are really going to make this process transparent. We're going to make sure that we clearly identify who realtor champions are and that our investments follow that. You know, I was a lobbyist here for 17 years. I'm as guilty as the next guy. We had a system that resided mostly in my head and, you know, the lobbyists who were here with me at that time, Paul Glass, you know, Mr. Fletcher before that. But it was never formalized. So what the trustees did was was set a, set a set of standards, and it involves a voting record. Uh, we're actually going to look at the votes they cast. Your steering committee, when they review bills, highlight the ones that are worth really, really monitoring. So they'll take 10 bills that their votes count on. As a former lobbyist, there's a lot more that goes into it than just a vote. You know, you get into issues such as budgets or correction bills where there might be one provision that a member doesn't like and they'll vote against it. So having a wide range of bills that we count, but then also allowing for input. You know, the lobbyist has a certain number of points that they can give input if that person is accessible and is willing to carry amendments or willing to carry discussion in committee. And that's great. But they also need to engage with the local board. So there's an area for the local board to make engagement. There's a member for our state political coordinator to have an impact on it. We'll look at the competitiveness of the race. You know, the person has an unopposed race. Yeah, they're a great realtor champion. But do they need all the funding that we could better spend somewhere else? So at the end of the day, everyone's assigned a score. 100 points on the voting record, a potential, if you will, 30 in extra credit. And those people that come out in that 125 to 130 range are those people who are our friends. The people who believe in our industry, understand our industry, and support our industry. Those who fall below that, and not really shocking, they were the people who we would expect to fall below it. So, again, being good stewards of hard-earned investments, people that money or money that people give to our pack, the trustees did an absolutely fabulous job. Something we hope to be able to showcase to local boards. So when they ask the question, and anyone who's out there soliciting our pack funds at an auction, a fundraiser, whatever it may be can clearly say, and this is what we do with it. We are completely bipartisan. We look at these issues. We don't look at other items. It's not about who's here, who's there. It is about these six items plus their vote record. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training 
that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. And we're not the only organization that's looking into doing this same type of thing, right? This is kind of standard throughout, you know, what we see elsewhere. Yeah. And, you know, I always like to our members, Horn and our association. This is something now that other state realtor associations are working on. The study was partially funded by NAR. I've spoken on the issue a number of times. I've had a number of my peers say, you know what, we're going to try to do the same thing back home. NAR trustees have put together a lesser rigid, but all the inputs are exactly the same as ours. I mean, this is what it's about. We have to be transparent with how we invest and why we invest. And this system, I believe, you know, it's going to be refined over the years. It's the first time out of the gate. You know, even I got confused by it at some points. But we've gone through the first round with it. I think it worked. It showed what we wanted to do. We'll do the second round around winter meeting, and you know, we'll continue it and make improvements as we go. I always say, you know, political giving is an art. It's not a science. Political science degree is kind of a... I have it, so now all my poli-sci friends <laughs> out there don't get freaked out. I'm not bashing us, but, you know, it's a eh, – science is a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, no, that's exciting. That's that's cool. We are taking a look at our processes and the way that we do things and always evaluating that. So one of the big focuses that President Seth Task had for us this year was sustainability and diversity. And we took that very seriously, did a lot of work over the year, um, improving our association and how we move forward, specifically with those two topics. So can you share with us a little bit about those two topics, what we did uh, internally and how we're going going to uh, implement some new ways moving forward. Yeah, you know, I think you know, President Task had a couple of great initiatives this year. The diversity was one, obviously, that was you know forefront across the country. Michael Jones, a realtor here in Columbus, did a fabulous job in, in chairing that presidential advisory group and came out with some solid recommendations. You know, a lot of them are inward facing about what we need to do here in the building as an association. I think I mentioned I'm hiring a couple of jobs. One of the things we have to do is use a consultant, make sure that we are attracting a diverse pool of applicants, but then also expanding how we engage with members. We are allocating board seats to all the diversity groups that are out there. You know, Ohio this year was extremely proud to have Lydia Pope from Cleveland, Ohio, as president of the Realtors Association. Allocating board seats to leaders out there, LGBTQ Plus Alliance, Alex Cruz, also from Cleveland is just really, you know, the Cincinnati River rats, Cleveland is really <laughs> coming to play here. Um, also a leadership role with that organization and just making sure all those voices are heard. You know, I served on a, a group a couple of years ago at NAR, and we're guilty of it, and we were guilty of it as well. And we take folks who have a diverse perspective, a different point of view, and we pigeonhole them. And what we need to do is not pigeonhole them, but make sure that they have an active role at all levels and that their perspective is brought to bills we look at, classes we offer, how we host events. And it's not just about putting them on a diversity committee or, again, pigeonholing them and not using what they have to Bring. We've also created the full standing diversity committee. You know, it was a forum for years, mostly a place for speakers. But no, now it's a committee. We'll be able to pass motions, take actions, make recommendations to the executive committee for things we need to do, both as an association and as a membership, to find greater opportunities to bring people into the industry. And it was really cool as, as staff. I know you offered everyone that at home with diversity training from NAR and um, almost everybody. I think everybody 
on yeah. staff. That was my little gift to President Task was, yes, <laughs> the entire staff uh, took and received the at-home with diversity training and are all now uh, carry that designation. Yeah, it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. It was, it was very eye-opening to just understand a little bit more about the role real estate had played in, in the history of this country and, you know, ways that we can move this industry forward to be more diverse. It was really cool. I appreciated, you know, learning a little bit more about that. And then on the sustainability side, um, like you mentioned, a lot of those recommendations have to do with what we're doing to move the building forward. Yeah, a lot of the sustainability piece was more directed inward. A lot of what we have done here with the building, trying to use more sustainable products, improving our energy efficiency, but also you'll see a lot of the changes at our meetings. Uh, you know, COVID kind of got us to where we were headed paperless, but now you'll see more and more use of QR codes, websites, uh, other fancy technology stuff that you and Kyle understand that I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but getting away from, you know, one-use placards, one-use postcards, and then dedicating a section of our website, which we'll redo our entire website next year to Carl's joys. We're not redoing the brand, but the website's five, six years old. It just needs a refresh. We need to create new places for all the diversity pieces we are doing, all the sustainability researches, resources, and a lot of that will be in the consumer side of it because we want consumers to know that regardless of who you are, where you come from, you can purchase a home and be treated just the same as anyone else. And we can also help you make sure that that sustainability and environmental friendliness is a key component of that. Because I think we all agree you can only sell houses as long as planet earth is here. And, uh, but we had a blizzard in Hawaii. It was 70 here two days ago, and it's 20 <laughs> here in Columbus today. Times it seems like things are a little out of sorts. But <laughs> Yeah, I saw I saw a meme that said, we only have a good, like, 10 years left on this planet. It's like 70 in December. <laughs> like, yeah, no. And um, one of the things, too, was in regards to, to sustainability is we're working on a public awareness campaign that's going to go out on social media in the next couple of weeks here, definitely into the new year, just sharing some facts and statistics on ways that we can make this planet more green and around uh, for many more years, hopefully not that 10-year expiration date that's going around on social media. And I have to talk, this is kind of the perfect transition into convention because we talked about some of the new things that we implemented going paperless, um, using QR codes on badges, that type of stuff. So it was a totally different convention uh, this year than it's been in years past. It was our first ever hybrid convention. So we had in-person and virtual options uh, at the Easton uh, Center. How was convention this year? Yeah, I overall think convention was a success. And again, you know, you're measuring against the unmeasured. Again, overall, everything was successful. The hybrid is really, really hard. It is by far the most expensive production because you're doing everything that you're regularly, you know, investing in in person. But then you have the added expense of all the AV to get the messaging outside the building. You know, we had great attendance on both sides. I think in the end, we probably came close to our usual eight to nine hundred between a couple hundred online and 700 in person. But it's something we have to think about. And, you know, a lot of states have taken the mantra. We've sort of softly taken it and meet your members where they are. But there's a fine line to that as well. And that's something Winter Conference will be virtual. We'll have a virtual component. You know, once again, we are spreading out some of the CE offering throughout the month. Because, again, you can't expect people to just to sit in front of a computer for three days. I mean, that's just that's not reasonable. We'll spread the CE offerings out over the course of the month to make it a value. Because, again, you have to charge folks to attend these. There has to be a value to it. And we'll see. I mean, I'll just be honest. I mean, the leadership team and I have talked. We will see what we do 
come convention. Hopefully, we're in a situation where hybrid doesn't really matter, and everybody just wants to come to, to Cleveland again. I can't believe I have had to give props <laughs> to Cleveland so many times. One day, we will get to the Queen City, I promise. <laughs> but it's interesting. It's just a lot. And you know, kudos to staff, because there is a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes, sort of the wizard behind the curtain to pull these things off that's something we've never experienced before, certainly, and I think something we've become pretty good at, but I know you all would like to go back and not. <laughs> no, it's been a learning experience for everybody, and, and I'm just happy we were able to, to pull it off. You know, like you said, it, there is a lot that goes into it. And But again, too, you know, new normal, regular normal, there's a lot of it's going to stay. I mean, you're going to probably continue to be in the hallway doing Facebook Lives. You know, a lot of that was prompted by giving people at home a opportunity to experience real, but... Man, people all over the country watch that. Our own members would walk down the hallway and watch what was going on down the hallway. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of that stuff that's going to stay. And tell us a little bit about Cleveland, what we have to look forward to next year. I know this will kind of be a little bit from having to cancel the convention in 2020. So we are bringing back some of the ideas and events and experiences that we wanted you all to experience in 2020 for 2021. Yeah, so if you can all remember, I mean, there will be events at the House of Blues, the Rock Hall, all the same things that we were planning in Cleveland. I think Seth was planning on showcasing the Lombardi Trophy. <laughs> Not sure that the Brownies are going to pull that off now, looking a little suspect, but, you know, maybe one day, Seth. I was too. It's okay. <laughs> so again, there was such energy around Cleveland. I think a lot of our folks like it when we go get to see the different cities other than just coming back to Columbus all the time. We had great expectations for a good crowd. So again, you know, for that convention committee, they had planned a great event. You know, I think they'll get a little bit easier year this year because a lot of it's plug and play. And I'll say this, you know, we were very fortunate that the association throughout the pandemic was able to recapture all those funds. I mean, there was nothing lost on the cancellation of those events. Our vendors, our hotels were all super to work with. So, again, convention committee should have a plug and play, but it ought to be one heck of a party. Please, please, please let us be in person. Yes, please. I think we are all so ready, so ready for that. And we can't uh, not talk about two new events that uh, the association offered this year for the first time ever, uh, the Women of Vision Conference and the Diversity and Inclusion DEI Summit. <laughs> so Women of Vision, that was President, past President Reese now, uh, Vision Force, celebrating the 100 years of women's right to vote. So unfortunately, during COVID, it just became impossible. But it was an important event. It was an important mile marker in history that we were dedicated to, to moving forward with and celebrating. So Chris graciously allowed us to postpone it and had an absolute wonderful event. Great speakers. Um, I think everybody who came in, it wasn't just an event for women, men, children, pets, maybe. They're all ages, so it was a good event. Everyone enjoyed it. And the DEI conference, again, now we were into President Seth's Seth's year. And again, having an honest discussion about how we bring more diversity into the industry, how we make sure our clients are served, how we make sure that nobody is is ever put in a position where they don't feel like they were treated fairly. And just raising the awareness that We've all known it forever. Well, not forever, but we've all known it for a long time. That just needs improvement. And acknowledging it, understanding it, and moving forward was what the conference was all about. Yeah, and just as a little preview, in the next couple of episodes, we're going to have Valerie Garcia, who was one of the speakers at the Women in Vision of Conference. She's going to be joining us in just a couple of weeks uh, for her episode on the podcast. So uh, be sure to stay tuned to hear her. And in the next couple of weeks, really excited to uh, have her on. And we have to talk about, too, some legislative information and, and work that's gone into this year. I know there's been a ton of work over at the State House that's gone on uh, for our advocacy uh, issues. Tell us a little bit about that and, and what we accomplished this year. Year. Yeah, so this is you know an operating budget year. So this is the busy half of a two-year session. And again, I've worked very, very hard on first-time home buyer savings accounts. 
uh, feel like we're making some good progress. So this is December 7th, honoring my mother's birthday, as well as Happy Pearl, birthday, <laughs> Mom. <laughs> as well as Pearl Harbor. Today, we may actually get a vote in the House on first-time home buyer, which would be the first time we've gotten a committee vote. You know, feel good about it. We've always had good support. We've just had a couple of people around the fringes who have kind of held us up. You know, we actually had an opportunity to set with the governor the other day in recognition of the daffodils across the high that was brought forward by Jim Camp. And we talked about the bill. It's one of those times when you're in there to do something else, but you always, always as a good lobbyist, take a second to slip in what you really want to talk about. He likes the program. He said, you know, hey, get it over here. We'll do a signing. I may or may not made a joke about, well, I take it that then as I can just go tell everybody the governor's got the pen ready, so let's get this thing moving. There you go. But Again, it's a great program. We're being surrounded by states that are already offering it. So it's time for Ohio to do it as well. We've had some good luck on property tax reform this year, helping out our commercial members, helping out those who have challenges by schools. Still some progress to be made there, but a good work forward on it. And then elimination of discriminatory covenants. You know, embarrassingly, Ohio was still a state that had those on deeds. They're not enforceable. They haven't been enforceable for years. But Actually, allowing a homeowner to remove them was not something we could do. So allowing those to be removed from the a deed, it's embarrassing that it's taken us this long when so many other states have done it. But good news is it's finally done. Those will be eliminated. We won't be seeing those in the future as you go to transfer deeds. So that was a big win for us as well. Yeah, and I know another thing that's going to have everyone excited is uh, the budget pass, including some upgrades to the division of real estate that has been so needed and especially kind of on the forefront during COVID was really exposed the need uh, of that. So that's really exciting, too. Yeah, I think in your businesses, as well as you know, here in the association, COVID caught, taught us we had to be able to change. We had to be able to pivot. And one of the places we saw a huge lack of modernization or technology was in the licensing process, driving documents down here, putting things in the mail in 2020, 2021, it just doesn't seem real. So we took that issue to the General Assembly, took it to the Finance Committee. They did allocate funds in the budget. I worked for a Senate president years ago, and, and as Doug used to say, you know, to a businessman, when government's using flat out, moving flat out, it looks like it's not moving at all. As I've told folks, I wish I had a magic wand and this money that's there would make a change tomorrow. It's government. So it will take a while. But the positive is there was recognition. There was a willingness to put funds behind a fix. And now working with the division, we're going to figure out what that fix is and move forward. But again, to Doug's words, government looks like it's moving backwards when it's flat out. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that's one of the things we had to look forward to in 2022, amongst some other things. So where are we headed? What does this new year look like? We know so much of it will probably still be unknown. Uh, as we said, you know, let's make year three of COVID the best year. <laughs> but what what do we have uh, on, on tap for 2022? The unexpected again. We're just kind of, I don't want to sound like that, you know, down about this, but we are starting again where we thought we were. You know, leadership conference, leadership summit has has been completely canceled at this point just because of the logistics of making it happen, the timing of it. Winter conference, as we mentioned, will be virtual. But you know what? You know, John Mangus, uh, President-elect, soon to be President Mangus, has got some great ideas really focused on the industry and on the business of real estate that I think are going to bring forward some, uh, some fascinating, exciting news some potential. We're always working on new programming here. Uh, hope to have a better array of member benefits and greater things for members to do. And the member experience, right? This is all about your association and how you experience it, what you want from it, making some significant investments in membership database upgrades here that would eventually allow members to sort of 
maintain their own profile, what they want to see, what they want to access. So again, just bringing it back to the local level, bringing it back to the members. And hopefully, you know, this is my third year. Very fortunate that the leadership team felt it appropriate to renew my contract. So I'll be with you again in 2022. And I'm just waiting for that first normal year. If that ever exists again, we'll see if normal ever exists. This was not stuff they told me in the interview. No one mentioned global (laughs) pandemic and virtual and hybrid and Zoom and, oh, by the way, leave the building. (laughs) Yeah, so crazy, so crazy. We'll see what's in store, but congratulations on your contract extension. We're in good hands uh, with you as our leader. So congratulations to you on a year of success amidst a lot of crazy things thrown in our way. You know, we're lucky that our market is doing as well as it is. You know, we're seeing unprecedented numbers is what they're saying in NAR for some home sales and things like that as we close out the end of this year. So a lot, lot to be proud of and celebrate at the end of this year and a lot still to look forward to in 2022. So we're excited. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this all goes because every you know we constantly say that membership has to start to slow down, has to start to decline, that this market has to start to free up. And just every time we say it, it doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, prices have continued to rise. Inventory is not getting any better nationwide. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But um, I have to give a big shout out to all of our listeners, you guys. This is a year officially in the books uh, with the podcast. And we saw our highest uh, numbers in November of listenership and downloads and subscribers. So thank you guys for the support. Uh, Thanks for walking this journey with me and tuning in to listen and for all of your support. Uh, Each week, it's been been a fun, fun ride. And I'm excited. We have some great momentum heading into 2022. Well, there's something you look forward to 2022. You know, this podcast was an experiment. It was something we didn't know how it would be received. So your point, Allison, has done great. You've done a wonderful job with it. So we're going to fund it, and we're going to have the podcast continue through 2022. Very exciting. (laughs) Yeah, you guys are stuck with me for another year. So (laughs) hope I haven't talked your ears off uh, too much. But no, I really want to say thank you guys for all the support and tuning in every week. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you guys, Scott. It's been a real pleasure uh, to have you on today. I can't believe we've done a year of the podcast, and this is the first time you're joining. So... (laughs) Thanks Didn't for, I do one very early on? I thought I did. Maybe. It must not have been memorable. <laughs> it was the pilot. <laughs> it, was a year. it was a year ago, you know, who remembers? But uh, no, if you guys can all continue to download, subscribe, listen, leave us five-star reviews on Apple, that would be really great. And we do have an email, podcast at ohiorealtors.org. Uh, we want to hear from you guys. This show is made for you, so we want to make sure you're getting the most out of it. If you have ideas, comments, suggestions, you're tired of hearing my voice, please uh, email us and let me know as we head into the new year. Uh, now's the time that we are, we're thinking about what we want this show to look like moving forward. So uh, tune in to that. Email us. We want to hear from you guys. We will be back in the new year. That is so crazy to say. Just a couple uh, days away from 2022. We're looking forward to seeing you guys then. Have a safe and happy new year. We'll see you in 2022. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you. Email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time. This has been a Hubble Pod production.